listening to Trailblazers.fm, an interview-style podcast that delves deep into bold conversations with successful Black entrepreneurs and leaders. Join us weekly to learn actionable strategies, valuable tactics, and innovative tools that you can put to use immediately on your journey to blazing your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen A. Hart. Hello, Blazer Nation. I'm so happy to celebrate with you today the victory of the Biden-Harris win. We celebrate Joe Biden becoming the president-elect and his win to become the 46th president of the United States of America. We also celebrate Kamala Harris as she continues to blaze her trail for Black women by becoming the first woman and Black woman and someone of Jamaican and Indian descent to win on a ticket and become our vice president. We are so overjoyed here at the Heart House, and I know so many of you are celebrating this win as well, and not just here, but all around the world. And that brings me to today's episode. You know, there are more amazing Black men and women who aren't poor, aren't criminals, aren't threats to our society than those who are. And yet the media's representation of Black people paint a different picture. If we are going to alter the media's distorted portrayal, we must, among other things, increase the number of Black TV owners, producers, journalists, podcasters, and experts who are the creators of content. And so I'm excited today to share in this conversation this week with Tanisha Brown, founder and editor-in-chief of Impact Magazine and the creator of Impact TV, a platform that reaches hundreds of thousands on a daily basis. Get set to receive today's mission fuel from our featured guest, Tanisha Brown. I hope that you enjoy. Cheers. Tanisha, hello and welcome to Trailblazers.fm. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about being here. Yes, yes. So you were introduced to me by one of our very first like foundation trailblazers, probably episode three. Lakeisha introduced us and I'm looking at your platform and we're going to dive in in a second. You know, I was really excited about us being able to have this convo. Before we dive in and start talking about your story, I love to start our conversations off from a place of gratitude. And so wanted to pick your brain and hear, you know, in the chaos of all that's happening right now, we still wake up and we still have things to be grateful for. What are some unexpected blessings that you are most grateful for in your life right now? I'm just grateful for a life period, just that I have a home, you know, I wake up with some common sense, (laughs) you know, my health is in order. My son is doing well. You know, my mom is still here. So there are things that I'm grateful for, you know, being able to be in my own home Mm -hmm. is so many things that is going on with so many people out here who are looking for help, who are in desperate times. We are in a pandemic. And so I'm grateful for those things of health and, you know, my mind is intact and just family in order, just those things that we usually take for granted. Take for granted. Don't realize the value of the things that, you know, mean Mm -hmm. the most, that monetary value, right? Right. Exactly. 
Are you in Atlanta? Oh, yeah. I'm in Kennesaw, Georgia. You're in Kennesaw, Georgia. Is that where you're from? No, I'm from Jersey. You're from Jersey? Yeah. Wow. How long you been in Atlanta? About this year will be about 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So does it feel like home yet? Um, you miss Jersey. It is. No, I don't miss Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but this right here where I live now feels like home. It feels really good, you know, because I'm at a point in my life where I'm filled with gratitude. I'm content with a lot of things. And so I look at home as being not a particular place per se, but just like my environment is welcoming to me. I can look out and see the trees and, you know, I have great positioning of the sun and, you know, just different things. But yeah, I'm home. I know the magazine is longer than 10 years. Was the magazine what brought you to Atlanta? Actually, it was my son's father. He told me that Atlanta would be a great place for me to build the magazine and for him to be in my son's life. And I thought about it, you know, it'll work great for us. And it really did as far as my son with education, because we're from in Jersey. You know, it's rough. I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, and it's rough. And for him to have a certain, you know, where education was put on the forefront, you know what I mean? Where here education is really high. And not saying that in Trenton that it's not, but they have a lot of things in place that they have here that they don't have there. You know, so, and I value that for my son and it worked out really well for him. Wow. That's good. I'm happy that it did work out for you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) As you know, I'm from Jamaica and I lived in Florida for, gosh, like 14, going on 14 years as in Tampa. And, you know, I realized I lived in Miami for two years, Tampa for 12. I met my wife in distance in Florida. Oh, nice. And I just realized that Labor Day of this year, I would have been here going on 13 years. So I'm like, wow, you know? Wow. And I lived in Jamaica for like 16. So I'm approaching a point where the DMV is the place I've lived the longest, you know? Right, right. And does it feel like home for you? That's the reason I'd ask you that. I still sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm here for my wife, but, you know, but it (laughs) has become home. It really has. I don't know if I'll ever embrace the snow. Right. Uh, I don't miss that. I don't miss the... I mean, you still get snow in Atlanta, but not nearly. Not like like Jersey. Jersey. No, not like that. Um, (laughs) One year it did, when I was here, one year it did snow a little bit and they just go crazy. But I'm thinking that as the years go on, it's going to snow a little more. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to do a little more just because of the change, you know, I just think so. Yeah. So bring me to, let's talk about impact. You're best known for impact magazine. Yes. Uh, For so many years, I've come across your platform on social media and I feel like I've stumbled on your site several times. And so it's so amazing for us to finally have this conversation. But bring me back and tell me about what sparked the idea for Impact. What sparked the idea? 
Years, years ago, <laughs> look, years, many years ago, <laughs> well, 13 years ago, I was heavily, heavily, heavily into church and I used to do a newsletter and people love the newsletter. They love the graphics, they love the content and everything. And so once I stepped away from church, like I still believe in God, but um, <laughs> I stepped away from that good old religion thing. And I thought about, you know, how would people resonate with me doing a newsletter outside of the church? Like, how would I still continue to bring positive images of Black people to the masses, like, how would I do that and not bang them upside their head about Jesus, but just get an understanding of positivity? Like, we are great. We are, I always say to my readers, we are an amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been through so many things. So, I worked at Merrill Lynch and I would go to work and on my lunch break, I would research Mm -hmm. and I researched John Johnson from Ebony Magazine and Susan L. Taylor from Essence. Essence. And I looked at them from two different aspects. One, Susan L. Taylor at the time was a single mom Mm -hmm. and she was going to school at night. And so I read her book on getting an understanding of how she was able to build this Empire, Essence is an empire. Mm -hmm. And how was she able to do that? Going to school at night, being a mom, Mm -hmm. a single mom, how was she able to do that? So I read her book. And then John Johnson, I looked to him to get an understanding of how he, as a Black man, built up Ebony Magazine and then Fashion Fair and all these other things that came from that. So both of them were true keys in helping me move forward and understanding that a magazine is what I need to do. And also it had to be about Black folks, had to be about positivity, Black folks in the community. I wasn't even thinking about highlighting celebrities for the first like two, what, two, three years I didn't highlight celebrities. It was people from the community I had on the covers. Yeah. And I started. Why is that? Why did you focus in on the community? Because it was the people who, and still is, the people who do the work. They're the people who do the work. Yes. And so even now inside the magazine, like, okay, let me back up before I say this. So my first three years, I had people from the community on the covers. And then I don't know what I saw, but Kelly Price, who's up there now. Mm -hmm. Kelly Price was my first celebrity on the cover. And it just, I just put her on the cover because I went after her just to see if I could get a celebrity. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like, I was just like, oh, let me see if I could Mm -hmm. get Kelly Price. She coming out with a new album and all this And it just so happened. She was like, sure, you know, and we stayed on the phone for like an hour and a half just talking. And she gave me a complete understanding of the business side of the music industry. So from there, it was just like on and popping, you know. 
But for the first three years, I had people from the community. Mm -hmm. And then I had a talk after I did Kelly Price. And I think I was about to do Selena Johnson. This was some years later. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go on to the shelves. And I had a talk with John Blassingame, who is the publisher for Today's Black Woman, Today's Black Man, Hyper, like he's publisher of all the back in the day magazines. Yeah. And I had a talk with him and he told me, you know, of how having a celebrity, like always have a cover that is a draw for people. Like he really schooled me on those things. And wow. so he said, Tanisha, I said, well, because remember, I had all community people on my cover. Mm-hmm. And he, I was trying to take it from being online and putting it on the shelves. And he said, Tanisha, I'm going to tell you like this. You're not going to be able to sell this magazine outside of your community or whatever community that you're trying to put this in. And I said, why do you say that? He said, because nobody knows that person, only the people in the community. So take seriously putting some celebrities on a cover. Make sure the cover stands out. Like, I don't care if you're Impact Magazine. And at that moment, I think I had about 10,000 readers at that time. Probably not even that many. And he was like, but the content is what was keeping people coming, you know? And so he said to me, I don't care, Impact, whatever, but you better be able to put Impact next to Essence And people will have to think three or four times which one they're going to buy. So always. So he just gave me like sage advice that I still think about today. And you see, that's Kelly Price up there right now. And I don't play about my covers (laughs) (laughs) just from that advice right there. So, you know, we've been since 2007 going strong and yeah, it's exciting. That is fantastic. So who is the ideal consumer for the magazine today? Today, I do a lot of branding and marketing for what I used to. And I helped my niece a lot with her brand. And I was telling her because she was trying to figure out because she had like 50% women and 40% men. And I'm like, well, you can't say you just can't turn your back on your men mm-hmm. and say, ladies, this is what I have for you. You have mm-hmm. to say it for both. But for me, I can say black women, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> black women. And it's black women who they come to me. They don't need the fashion hit bits or oh, this person is wearing that. We don't have to jump out and say, oh, we're wearing a $10,000 necklace or whatever. It is the Black woman who knows who she is. Mm. It is the Black woman that can afford a $10,000 necklace and then have on a little sweater from wherever, you know? It is the Black woman who is a thought-provoking leader and doing her own thing. And she loves who she is and she loves her people. I love that. I love that. Let me ask you, 13 years in the business, without question, you've gone through some epic failures. And, and ah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. <laughs> in 13 years, 
talk us through, you know, some of the bigger lessons that you've learned along the journey. Lord, the biggest one is keeping the main thing, the main thing. Mm, I never forget. I had got, it was starting to be like this for me to get celebrities. Mm. And at that point, um, when it was so easy for me to get celebrities, it really like went to my head because I was just like, okay, who can I get now? And I never forget, I had reached out to a, a celebrity and I do events also with the magazine. So whatever cover that comes out, it coincides with whatever event. And so I wanted to do a fundraiser for a young man in North Carolina. And, you know, I had a celebrity who did not match with what was going on, but it didn't bother me because I got a celebrity and I got a hot celebrity that's coming to your town. So, you know, (laughs) and it just blew up in my face. And I learned, yeah, yeah. When I tell you blew up in my face, I mean, (laughs) that was like the biggest failure of my lifetime. But it was the best failure because I learned to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is the message to empower, encourage, and educate my readers. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with these celebrities. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with anything else. And I took the focus off of my readers, mm-hmm. you know, and who are here for a message and to be empowered, encouraged, and educated. Mm-hmm. And that was my greatest failure in the world because from there it humbled me and it just brought me on this path of I don't care who's on that cover. Right. You know, if they're not in line or in tune with With with, uh, with the mission, can't have them. And then me always be humble, understand Mm -hmm. your purpose and that they are being utilized for a reason. They're drawing people to what's inside because what's inside is all of the community leaders and entrepreneurs and things that are not necessarily known outside of their community. So you're helping them get eyes on to who they are through this cover. So utilize it for what it is. Yeah. So So much gems in that, right? There's some leadership lessons right there. <laughs> Man, listen. Speaking Woo! of that, so in terms of your leadership, we have such a crazy year happening right now, right? You know, what are some of the bigger challenges, whether it's within your own organization or as you're interacting with different leaders and celebrities? What are some of the bigger challenges you see us as leaders facing right now? Accountability is one thing, you yeah. know. They have to be responsible and be accountable for who they are and what they're doing. It's so many. 2020 (laughs) is truly vision. It is a visionary. It is, you know, it is revealing so many things about us, about our own selves. Yeah. And so I think that is the biggest thing and the biggest lessons we can learn in this year is to be responsible and take accountability for ourselves. Mm, So true. So talk to us about this next pivot of yours. You had the magazine going for 13 years. 
at what point did you have sort of this Oprah moment that, hey, you know, I need to, I need to now, you know, move in a different direction and continue to grow. Maybe not necessarily. Let me reframe that because the magazine's still there, right? Mm-hmm. What motivated you to now say, hey, Impact TV? Where did this, this <sighs> idea come from? Well, I've always wanted to do TV. I lived in North Carolina back in, I can't even remember the year, 2009, 2010. And I would always put on shows, shows with the Mm. covers. And each time I met a guy, his name is Thomas Lynch in North Carolina. Hey, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) He had Insight TV. Mm. And he filmed, directed and everything. And so he basically took me through the training of filming and understanding like, you know, which direction you want to go into and just develop that desire for me to have Impact Magazine on TV because every event I will highlight and do like a mini little show so people can mm-hmm. see what will happen the day of the event. Yeah. And so that desire, yeah, right before I moved here. So it's been about 12 years ago. Yeah. And I've always from there wanted to have my own show on TV. Wow. And so since earlier this year, it came to me like, you know, you should have your own network and put it out and stream it on these different streaming things. You know, this virus is out here and people are not going to be able to go to many places. They're going to need entertainment. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing that. (laughs) And I put it out of my mind. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that right now. It's not a good time. And I was interviewing David Banner and I've interviewed David Banner a bunch of times within a couple of years, like within the past three, four years. And, you know, I've been to his parties and all that kind of stuff. And so I've gotten to know his manager and some of his team. And when I first met him about three years ago, he, very nice guy. And I was like, I was doing, I do men of impact, their dinners for women and men of impact. And I wanted to honor him. And he said to me, he's very like, very nonchalant and he doesn't like a lot of attention on himself. And I made the whole thing. I put it all together and I approached him about it. And he was like, well, Regina, who is his manager, he said, if she don't have it down, then I can't come. He said, but if she has it down, I'll be there. And so I'm looking at him like, what? You don't. So it was just like so fascinating to me that his manager, who's a black woman, he gave that much power to. Right. Yeah. And so I was interviewing him again sometime earlier and he was talking. And the first thing he said was, you need to interview. Now you don't interview. Basically, you don't interview me enough. You need to interview Regina. Her story is amazing. You need to let your audience get to know her. And I said, I will. You know, I will. I know Regina and I know she's known in the music industry. So, you know, but I didn't know how, you know, well until you had that got together to hear her story. Yeah. 
So after that, it was some weeks that passed and I was sitting around and I said, what am I going to do? Like I see so many magazines popping up and so many magazines that I see pivoting, doing great things. And I was like, what do I want to do? Like, how do I want to take this to the next level? Because I've upped my brand and, you know, started branding, changed our colors from all red to red and gold and, you know, just did all these things. And I said, why not start the TV network now? It is a great time. And I was like, who would I have? So I'm sitting there, I'm looking just like this, like, who would I have? (laughs) You know, and it just came to me, the interview with David. And I was like, I'm going to have Regina up there. And I'm going to get David to talk about, you know, why he put all of his trust in her when in a time it is said that the Black man does not value the Black woman. Here I have a high power. They're building a legacy. And he puts all his trust in this black woman. You know what I mean? And he's so funny about who's in his circle and everything. So who is this woman that, you know, what has happened that he puts all of his trust in this black woman? And I want to show people that no matter what the media is telling you, it could be people, media, black media that, you know, supposed to be for us. Mm -hmm. That is not the rule. It is the minority. The majority of Black men that I know, they support Black women, they support me, they support people like Regina. I just know great Black men. So that I have my own media platform. Let's put it on TV and let's do it. And that's where the network came from. And he filmed for me. She came out and filmed. And we have Ja'Kalen Carr, who is a Grammy-nominated gospel artist. Oh, and I have Tabitha Brown, the vegan influencer. And we have some, you know, I have to have Black entrepreneurs, people in the community who are doing their own thing in their own right, in their own industry. So the first series is called The Moment of Impact. And what they do is they talk about the integral moments that got them to where they are right now. Mm, I love it. You know, as I'm listening to you, Tanisha, as we've been having this conversation, I've had chills listening to you because in many ways, you know, the birth of Impact Magazine aligned so well with so much of what fueled me to the Trailblazers, right? I have two young black crumb snatchers. Uh, you know, <laughs> my daughter now is 10, our son is six, but, you know, when she was four. And it wasn't even something that was birthed out of the research. I've seen the research since. Right. But at four, I was thinking, you know, I just felt it, right? Like there isn't enough of the mainstream media portraying black people in a positive light, right? One, the positive representation was limited. The negative representation was exaggerated, right? Right. So we are criminals or we are poor, you know, we are unemployed, Right. You know, couldn't be further from the truth about the majority of people. And on the positive side, they would portray, you know, an athlete or a musician, but it's very limited. Like, yet Mm -hmm. you have so much representation of success. Right. And so that was, you know, the fuel. And as a Christian as well, I kind of wanted to put out content that, you know, if she stepped in a room or if I'm playing an episode in the car, she should be able to consume that just the same, you know? 
And I'm kind of getting older now where I was joking with one of my high school buddies the other day. I, like, I can't even listen to a playlist right now with too much cuss word, you know? <laughs> so it, it, was this, it was this spin, right? But, you know, I think that's what drew me to also wanting to have you on because I don't think there is enough. I definitely think there is a lack of Black-owned media. Right. Whether it's owners, it's producers, it's journalists. We just, you know, I think that's one of the biggest problems right now. And yeah, we have, you know, people like myself as podcasters on the come up or, you know, people in the video sphere. But, you know, I love to see what you're doing from that angle to step into that space, you know, and create Mm -hmm. positive content for black women and men. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It is so important because, you know, we know representation matters, you know, and it's just, it's important for us to see. And so many people think that a lot of these black faced (laughs) magazines and media companies are owned by black people, but they're not. Essence is not owned by a black person, you know, BET is not owned by a black person. So it's just, For me, it is so important to put out the message about Black excellency all the time. I also talk about our dysfunction (laughs) because we do have dysfunction. Absolutely. But I speak about it in a way of how we get out of it. You know, not just pointing, 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 but how do we get out of this? How do we think our way through? And just doing those things are the most important to me with the media company. You know, the thing I love about what you're doing, and it's definitely a driver for me, kind of coming back to the portrayal, I think you just made a very important point in that, you know, the BTs, essence mm-hmm. of the world, no longer have that backbone of a Black owner, but you have that perspective, you know, and I think it is upon us to create, you know, content that serves the person we know. You're right. serving yourself. While I intended to start serving my kids, I am in fact serving me as well in this <laughs> journey because the majority of our listeners are my age. But I think it's so important that we continue to support those of us, you and I and others who are trying to create this content that we so desperately mm-hmm. need. Right. right now, you know, what are the challenges you're facing? Are you getting that support you need to be able to build and grow? I have a very good supportive network of readers and everything, especially getting them over to actually download the app and see and do all of those things. And for me to see that people are going to do that and they're watching the shows and they're posting up the magazine and they're doing all these things and they're advertising and that's where the support comes from, you know? And I'm always appreciative of anyone who reads over the content, like the page or do anything. So I really do have a great support system. I appreciate all the support. And when I go in to look at the numbers on the website and just to see the thousands of people who actually go onto the website to see the content. So I'm just excited and grateful for the support of anyone that is picking up anything I'm putting down. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. They don't have to. There's so many other, you know, ventures and media companies out here. They don't have to come and get it, any kind of information from you. So I think that's a perfect point for you to give a plug. How do we subscribe to the magazine and or the TV? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got to well, make the, it worth your while. <laughs> hey, listen, get onto the website. It's www.theimpactmagazine.com. Mm-hmm. And then to get to the TV network, if you have a fire stick, Amazon Fire. You go on to the search and search for Impact TV and you'll see our red and gold logo. And we're Impact and you'll see me once you click on it. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm so proud of you. That's so exciting. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Likewise, you know. Where you go. For you to build this up and have as many, you know, listeners as you have. It's amazing. You know, it is amazing. Just like I said, you have supporters that come to get what you're putting down, you know, and appreciate what you're doing. So it's likewise, anybody that's in this work to put out excellence for our people and for them to be inspired. Because when we walk out the doors, there's everything telling you to the contrary. When we turn on the TV, it's everything to the contrary. That's why I say we are an amazing people because we are supposed to be in the same silence by now. Yeah. We are. You hit the nail on the head earlier too in talking about the value to the community. Mm -hmm. And I shared with you before we got on the call, you know, the beginning of this year was the first time that I kind of hit a wall personally. And I was like, there's no way I can kind of give, I can't give the community, I can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And I had to take a break, you know, and it's always been the commitment of mine to say, you know what, we are going to give you content of value. You know, we're going to share stories of Tanisha Browns and, you know, and the David Banners of the world. I've heard you're the second person as a guest of the podcast who's come on the podcast and talked about David. So he's amazing. Yeah. In fact, this is kind of, you know, some of the past guests I've had and Sir David Moody. Who's down in Atlanta as well? Uh, I don't know if you've come in contact with him, but he spoke about David on a Yeah, practice. I think that's his mentor. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He's in the, I, I saw him once at David's birthday party. Yes, yes. So I was just thinking of him talking about David just now when you were reflecting on him. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> guy. He will... Let you know. (laughs) And I appreciate that about people because I'm the same way. You know, it's like, yeah, no guessing around me. You 100, you know, (laughs) and I appreciate that about him, you know, and I appreciate that every time, you know, I request anything from him or ask him to do something. He's right there. There is no if he can do it. He's right there. So kudos to him. So let me ask you, and we're getting set to wrap up here, but Impact Magazine has been successful. Impact TV has just launched. What does success look like for the platform? Is there a vision beyond this? Or, you know, is this the mission? Success is seeing the vision come to pass. You know, that's successful to me, especially since I've been looking to do this for over God knows 10 plus years, you know. And so being able to 
have the vision in my face and looking the way that I want it to look, you know, that is truly successful for me. And now since I see that it has gotten to this point, now I'm like, okay, well, let me see what else I can do. Take some of the series that I have, the moment of impact and some that I'm developing in 2021. Also be a place where people can develop their shows. You know, I have a production company. So be that space where people can develop their shows and have it on the network and also be able to have my projects on other channels, you know? So it... It's amazing listening to you because I'm like, how did, I mean, yeah, you talked earlier about learning, you know, some of the elements of TV, but how did you even come to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to launch a TV network. (laughs) And I mean, did you have to seek counsel to kind of lay that? I mean, did you just figure it out as you went on? I told you, I just earlier in the year, I was like, you should do a TV network. And I was like, no, I ain't going to do it right now. And then, but when I thought about it, I looked to research. I told you I'm a researcher, you know, I looked to research what is needed and what I would need to do. And I just did it (laughs) and said, oh, I can put it on Amazon and I can stream it here. Okay, the next level is, okay, how do I get it to Netflix and Hulu and all of these kind of things? So those are my next steps. After I develop, I have like, I have the moment of impact and then I have impact at home that's coming in the spring. And then I have, it's called Tommy Vincent, who is Troy Vincent of, he used to play on the Eagles. Mm. He's now the executive vice president of the NFL. His wife, Tommy, is a chef and she has a show. It's called Stay a While and she produced it herself and I'm going to show it on the network. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to bring like a major point of eyes to the network as well. And I'm so excited about it and it's growing, you know, (laughs) I'm like looking at putting out more content, especially 2021, like that is like major for me, like yeah. things that I want to do in 2021 with the network because more people are sitting back and they're watching TV. They're watching TV from their phones. So let me be the one to bring them the content. Yeah, that is awesome. I love that. You know, you just make up your mind and so that's let's, it. Let's see what happens, right? That's fantastic. That's it. You just make up your mind and do it. Find the best people. One thing I learned about from Oprah, she said, find the best people that are the best in what they do and they'll bring out the best in what you are trying to accomplish. Yeah. So does that mean the best people in terms of highly educated? Does that mean the best people in terms of a value structure that aligns with what you want? You know, you bringing in, you're looking at two people. What's the draw for you to bring people into the organization? The best at what they do. Like I found the best filmmaker that I knew that had Chris videography, you Mm. know, people with great stories, you know, the best editor. Those are the things like when I'm saying get the best people around you when you're trying to do 
one thing that you're doing, the best at what they're doing. That means if they're the best at what they're doing, you don't have to worry about your project not getting done. You're not going to have any kind of worry because you have the best people on it. And the way to know that they're the best people on it is by looking at what they've done previously. Right. They take their craft seriously. Like is all of that in play for them. And so that's what I look at far as myself, like my team that I have right now to do the first season of the moment of impact. I didn't have to look at the, you know, over their shoulder or what, you know, there's no reason for that because you got the best people on it. And even though, you know, people are people and, you know, they can have things to go wrong, but at the end of the day, they're going to make sure your project is a hundred percent. And this is why I go with the same people. (laughs) (laughs) I use the same people, the same folk I've been using for years. Wow. And these people have shows on BT and, you know, like Drea, Nicole shot that. I met her through Derek Blanks, who Mm. shoot the majority of my covers. Mm. And so it's like I use the same people. If my people who I use are not available, I'll get somebody that I met through them. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know they have the same standard or they won't be around each other. Like you won't be around a person in your business setting that you won't be working with somebody that's not able to do what you need to do and be a hundred percent. So plus they're not going to damage their own paycheck. No, no, no. And they won't damage the reputation of the person. And I never forget. I've been through, man, listen, (laughs) (laughs) things. And I had a branding company. I stopped taking people because I knew I was, doing the network. So I knew I wouldn't have time to stay with them and help them with their brand. But it was one time a person, you know, tried to come in and get to know the people that I knew, right. Mm -hmm. And try to utilize them, which is okay. But it is the people have to understand it is the relationship Mm -hmm. with the people that you met these people through that is going to take precedence. Yes. You know, so I tried to be respectful and this person wasn't being respectful in reaching out to the people Mm. and they all said no. So for me, that loyalty to me and what I'm doing set such a high standard for me to say, these are the people I'm going to always deal with. Yeah, And also it shows me the importance of relationships that you have with folks and building up your business and keeping that you making sure that everything that you're doing is going to be out there and it's going to be great because you have these kind of people around you. So, you know, if they're going to be that way towards you, they're not going to have or work with anybody else without those same standards, you know? True. So, and, you know, listen to everyone listening. We can't grow in isolation. We need to you know, be able to look to the strengths of right. the other people around us able to right. do what we can't do. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love that. I love that. 
Listen, we're getting set to wrap up here, but before I do, Blazer Nation will get upset with me if I don't ask you what kind of books you're reading or maybe you've read recently that you think we should add to the queue. Oh, wait. Speaking of books, let me get one. <laughs> My own book. <laughs> That's right. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> it is called I've Got the Tea That Will Get Me to the Juice. Woo. So it is because I got the tea. Y'all want some tea about some of these folks out here? I got the tea. <laughs> but no, it is a workbook. And it speaks about getting to the truth of yourself because the tea is known basically as gossip, right? But really the tea is what people think the truth of who you are, right? And so I went through some things throughout my life and I was sitting back talking to my son. He went to college last year. And life wasn't giving him what he thought he needed to get. And I thought as he was speaking, my whole, like all these different things about my life was coming to me. And I said, you know, he was just like, he just couldn't understand why he wasn't getting what he wanted out of life. And I said, Joker, that's because you're a procrastinator. You know, you're this, you're that, you know, like come real with yourself. And I said, that's the thing. You don't know who you are. If you want life to give you something that you want to be this big thing in baseball, but you're not putting in time Mm. to build your stamina up to do these things. Right. And so I said, you don't know who you are. You got to get to know who you are. And if you are a procrastinator and you accept that about yourself, then set time parameters around that. And so we went through all that. And as I was talking to him on the phone, I said, you know what? I was telling him all these steps to, you know, how to, if you're a procrastinator, all right, this is what you do. You understand your purpose. You understand how you deal with your purpose. You understand all of these things. Mm. And I was like, this is a book. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down. That was on a Thursday. That Friday, I gave myself a deadline for that Monday to be done. And I sat down and I did this book. And I designed the inside of it. And it talks about, you know, different principles that we can do in order to get to the T of ourselves, you know, talking about what's the purpose, Mm. you know, how does the past in retrospect, how does the past work out for you? And, you know, how can you utilize some of the things from the past? to help you more into your future, where you are at this moment. And then there's levels to this, counting up the cost, all kinds of good stuff. And they just need to go and get that good book. I have to tell you, I absolutely just love, as we've talked through this call, you're in a church, you have an idea, you create a magazine, (laughs) you're talking to your son, you write a book. I mean, you are just such a go-getter. And it's amazing to me. And I love that. I hope everyone listening listens to this conversation and digests that, right? It's not rocket science. You didn't have to waste a lot of time and money saying, oh, I want to get into this, so I'm going to go back to study journalism. Or you just did it. 
Mm-hmm. You figured out what needed to get done. And why we're we not talking about the fact that absolutely you're going to have, you're going to stub your toe, you know, 10 ways from Sunday, figuring it right. out. Right. You get it done. Get it done. Get it and done. figure it out on your way. Yeah. That's it. Ready, fire, aim. Tanisha, <laughs> <laughs> one last question for you, and I'll wrap up this call. What's one thing that our Blaze Nation coming off, listening to this, digesting all the wisdom and the mission fuel you just shared here? What's one thing they should put into action that's going to help them to blaze their trail? Always be you. Know who you are. That's the best thing that can help you move forward into what you want to do. You have to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then you're out here being a copycat of somebody else that you've watched and you're not doing your own purpose. You're not living out what you were brought here to do. So authentically and be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Tanisha, how can we stay connected to you? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram, Moments with Tanisha, and Impact Magazine on Instagram as well. We'll make sure we put all the resources and links that we discussed in today's conversation over on our website at tbpod.com. Tanisha Brown, thank you so very much for joining (laughs) me for this convoy. Truly enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I truly appreciate you inviting me. I'm Steve Nehart, and you've been listening to the Trailblazers.fm podcast. If you're not yet doing so, consider following Trailblazers.fm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and feel free to connect with me over on LinkedIn. Whenever you're posting stories or social media posts about Trailblazers.fm, be sure to use the hashtag TBPod and hashtag MissionFuel. We'll be able to see you, and I'll be able to show some love. And in case you're not aware, our show notes for all our episodes can be found on our website over at tbpod.com. Now, if today was your first time listening, I just want to say big ups, enough respect for checking us out. You've made this Jamaican guy really happy that you're here with us today. And I'd love your help with keeping this black excellence flowing each and every week. So if you haven't yet subscribed, hop on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search trailblazers.fm and subscribe, rate, and review us there. Be sure to browse through some of our past episodes. There are more than 150 published episodes now. And a little something is out there for everyone to help keep the knowledge flowing. We grow when you, as part of our Blazer Nation community, shares and invites your friends and family to listen to an episode you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories are going to be moved to make significant changes that have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. Blaze Nation, go out today and find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Your trail.